Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, February 9th. This is your FT News Briefing. The last safe place in Gaza might be Israel's next target. And OpenAI is growing like crazy. Plus, Netflix is looking around at its competition and saying, is that all you got? So what appears to be happening is that Netflix is winning in the streaming wars. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. OpenAI is about to become one of the fastest-growing tech companies ever. The San Francisco startup and creator of ChatGPT is on track to reach $2 billion in revenue this year. What's more, insiders think OpenAI might even be able to double that figure in 2025. That's because basically everyone wants to use the company's tech to incorporate AI tools into the workplace. There's one place in Gaza that has mostly been spared since fighting started between Hamas and Israel, and that place is called Rafah. More than half of Gaza's population is crammed into this tiny bit of land, and now people are worried that Rafah might become Israel's next target. Here to talk to me about this latest stage in the war is the FT's Hiva Saleh. Hi, Hiva. Hello. So Hiva, just get us up to speed about the situation in Rafah. How did it become the last refuge inside Gaza? Well, Rafah is at the southern end of Gaza. It's on the border with Egypt. And as Israel conducted its military offensive, it has issued evacuation orders to populations to move to the south. And the offensive itself kept moving south. So fighting has been raging in Khan Yunus, which is the biggest town in southern Gaza. And people have been evacuating from Khan Yunus and going to Rafah. Many of them have been displaced multiple times to escape the offensive. So what's it like there now with all those refugees, Heba? The situation is dire. Rafah is a town which normally houses a quarter of a million people. It has five or six times its normal population. People are living either in UN shelters or in overcrowded apartments or in tent cities, vast tent cities that they have erected on the street. They have little food. They are exposed to the cold. People are living in very, very difficult conditions. And already there have been bombing raids on Rafah, which is what is creating the fear that Rafah is the next destination for the military offensive. Yeah, let's talk about that potential offensive for a second. I mean, what would Israel hope to achieve by going into Rafah? Israel is determined to root out Hamas militants and it has said that it's going to wage war everywhere until it has found Hamas leaders and until it has found the hostages. So it's basically going through 
all of the Gaza Strip. And with 1.4 million people in Rafah, it may believe that Hamas leaders that it wants are there. Okay, but if Rafah is so crowded with people, will Israel's military even be able to maneuver around them? I mean, does it have a plan? It's not clear what Israel's plan is. In the past, they have dropped leaflets and asked populations to leave. It is not clear if they have a plan to relocate the population, but worth bearing in mind that this is an exhausted population. The threat to Rafah has been alarming the United Nations. UNRWA, the main UN agency working in Gaza, has warned that an attack on Rafah would mean hundreds of thousands of people on the move again. Right now, we don't know what will happen. Certainly, it will be a very dire situation for these people. And it's also going to be very difficult for the humanitarian population to deal with, again, with hundreds of thousands of people on the move looking for a safe place. Hiba Saleh has been covering the Israel-Hamas war for the FT. Thanks, Hiba. Thank you. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky has dismissed his top military commander. It's a major shakeup for Ukraine, and it follows months of tensions over strategy and tactics. The upheaval comes during one of the most difficult moments for the country since Russia's full-scale invasion nearly two years ago. U.S. military aid is still stuck in Congress, and the ammunition that Ukraine desperately needs to hold back Russia is running dangerously low. Streaming services have been reporting earnings the past couple of weeks, and the results are a little lopsided. Disney released its fourth quarter numbers yesterday, and its streaming services are still losing money. Netflix, on the other hand, had a phenomenal end of the year. Here to talk to us about the rest of the streaming landscape is the FT's Elaine Moore. She's a tech columnist based in San Francisco. Hi, Elaine. Hi there. All right, Elaine, can you give us a few more details about how streaming services did in the fourth quarter? Well, there's a a diversion going on. So Netflix has just had an incredibly amazing quarter. It had the fastest growth of subscribers for a long time. It's making a profit. But what you have is the rest of the sector is not doing so well. So Disney is still reporting an operating loss for its streaming services. And although it's growing, it's not growing at the same sort of pace. And it, it has less than half the number of subscribers as Netflix. So what appears to be happening is that Netflix is winning in the streaming wars. Wow, just like that, huh? All right, well, tell me more about that. What were some of the more recent battles in this war? What's happening is that you have the alternative streaming providers who have tried to step up and have a fight against Netflix and began by hoarding all their content and trying to set up rival services and undercut the prices of Netflix and now admitting defeat. And so what they're doing is they're licensing some of their content to Netflix. And this is such a huge turnaround from what was happening a couple of years ago. So this year, Disney has licensed content back to Netflix again after the companies spent a long time trying to cut off Netflix from some of their more popular content. I mean, it's not the newest programs that Disney's making. It's things like this 90s sitcom, Home Improvement. So things that were very popular, you know, a decade or more ago. 
And some of them are also joining forces. So we had this announcement this week that Disney, Warner Brothers and Fox is bundling together its sports streaming services for one new streaming platform. Okay, so that's interesting. So basically you're saying Netflix has won. It's getting all this content again. And meanwhile, its competition is partnering up. Can you tell us a little bit more about this sports bundle that you mentioned? What happened this week is... Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery and Fox have announced a new streaming service in which they're going to provide live sports content on a new streaming platform. And the reason that that's interesting is that what has happened with sports in particular is that with streaming, consumers can kind of pick and choose what they want to watch and what they want to pay for. Unlike cable TV, where things tend to be bundled up together and you just had to pay for content even if you weren't watching it. And the providers have found that it's actually quite difficult to make a profit from. So what they're doing is they're joining up together, bundling things up back together again, and hoping to attract more subscribers, more profit that way. I got to say, I see the appeal, right? When When I go to watch a game and then I find out that it's on a streaming service that I don't own, I get frustrated, right? I mean, are there just too many options out there? Is this part of the strategy? I think that's right. And that's something that, all consumers complain about. I find the same thing. It's quite difficult to find the thing that you want to watch. What's really interesting is the way that streaming services are going backwards to a setup that already existed that a company like Netflix actually tried to untangle and change completely, but is now coming back into fashion once again. Everything old is new again. Uh, So does that mean that we're going to see more consolidation, Elaine? I think so. I think that what this could mean is that we actually might see consolidation of the companies as well. Because as Netflix has shown, it's still quite hard to make money from streaming. So Netflix is by far the biggest company in this sector, but it has managed to get its subscribers and to build this huge company by taking out vast amounts of debt. And it's taken a long time to produce some profits. So if you're a company like Disney and you're under pressure to start producing a profit from streaming, then this could be the start, not just to bundling up the services, but maybe bundling up the actual companies too. Elaine Moore is the FT's Deputy Lex Editor and a tech columnist. Thanks, Elaine. Thanks so much. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Safia Ahmed, Breen Turner, Zach St. Louis, Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. 
What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.